I'm sure your holy ween is touching. It's probably like really impactful. Your your holy ween is probably like a real big deal in the neighborhood. I, I would say you probably talk about it like it's a little bit bigger than it actually is when people see it in person. Um, you know, it, it's probably unimpressive if I'm to be honest. You think your holy ween at your church is is like important. Unfortunately, when push comes to shove and it's actually revealed, ah, uh, eh, mm, you know, it may be less than advertised. Uh, nobody else thinks your holy ween is as important as you do. Damn, I'm glad I didn't peek in high, high school. Cause my best days will be in the Okay, so we're going to start off where this is like if you watched wrestling growing up and you got like the all-star wrestler, the, the big baby faces in there, and they're paired up with like just some loser jobber, and that jobber gets tagged in and is now expected to try and like run things in the ring. That's what it's going like today. So, hey everybody, welcome to another week of Detention Podcast. We're a show, I'm supposed to read this script that I never read before. We're a show that acknowledges most, most of life is lived. Most of life and faith is lived in the tension between the two extremes. And each week we look at what many of us were taught growing up in evangelical churches. Typically Jonathan leads this, but for some reason he decided to give the keys to a toddler and we weigh it against our, what our culture is saying. And we try to find what Jesus has for us in the tension between the two. If we haven't met, this isn't how it normally goes. And it normally goes much better than this because again, given the map to somebody that can't read the map, my name is Eric and we're joined as always by our co-host, Mr. Jonathan Carone. Jonathan, uh, for the people not watching us on YouTube, uh, well, maybe for both, what is what is going on today? So you've been wanting to do a Halloween episode for like two years. And I told you yeah. I would do a Halloween episode, but you had to play me and I had to play you. And what I was thinking about it. I thought, what would Eric do going into a Halloween episode? So I thought Eric would dress up for a Halloween episode. So I went and got my emo wig and put on, like I put the black stuff in my, beard and i didn't put eyeliner on but i figured i would dress up for a halloween costume and this is my halloween costume from a couple years ago so since you're driving the boat today you're playing me i'm playing you this is what i thought i would do yeah it, you know and i was saying uh i really hope for all, all of you listeners or watchers like i really hope that jonathan like has somewhere to go right after this or that he gets like about i, I might i might just door dash him like a dozen things in a row right here just so he's got to face other people like this uh, or see if there's any emergency client calls you need uh no so here let's just jump into it it's a halloween episode and uh you know we just came off a q a where we answered all your questions about the culture war and anything else we've been talking about this season uh, which if you want to send in more questions, feel free. We'll find other ways to answer those as well. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that episode. But this week we are, we are going to be talking about something very timely as this comes out um, in conservative Christian circles. This is the idea of Halloween and whether or not Christians can or should be celebrating it. And so what I want to know is, Jonathan, how what was Halloween like in uh, the Bible Belt in the Corona household growing up? So my grandpa was a church of God preacher, a uh, fairly fundamentalist. And so our church each year had a hallelujah party. It was not a mm. Halloween party, but it was a hallelujah party. All the same yeah. elements of a Halloween party. You could dress up, you had candy, you had games, you had bobbing for apples, you had all those things we did in the nineties. Side note, 
we don't do bobbing for apples anymore. Have you noticed that? Why is that? That that's one of those things that people realize a bunch of people sticking their face in the water and opening their mouth and following yeah. each other up trying to get apples in their mouth is pretty disgusting. So that is not yeah. going to be at your trunk or treat this year. But hey, yeah, that that was our thing. The only rule was you couldn't have any type of demonic or scary costumes. But you still dressed up, you yeah. still did all the other stuff. Well, I think, you know, we're going to talk about this later, talking about what churches do in response. But I, I do remember as a church marketer being on, like, literally spending hours in meetings, in creative meetings with people, trying to figure out what are we going to name the Halloween, quote unquote, Halloween event that's not a Halloween event without, you know, without touching too much of that demonic side. You know, what what can we put in the graphics that's not going to offend people and things like Pumpkins. that? Pumpkins. So, yeah, I yeah, pump, yeah, right. Yeah, like pumpkins and fall things are okay, but uh, apples and things like that, but nothing else. Anyway, uh, growing up, like, again, I didn't, I didn't go to church till I was in fourth grade, really didn't go to church till sixth grade. So Halloween was Halloween. We celebrated it like every other typical kids dressed up, you know, dressed up in the, uh, in the $5 Walmart special. The What was your Superman. best Halloween costume as a kid? Oh, man. You know, I, we never really like, I know I say the, the Walmart stuff, but like, I don't really remember my parents buying Halloween costumes. So Halloween was one of those things that we kind of did, but I don't, we didn't go all out. Like I know like families around here, like they just go all out and they are buying things and their, their houses are, you know, all set up, ready to go and, and whatever. Like I bet, uh, as we record this, um, our HOA, <laughs> that's funny. Just even talk. Our HOA says like, you can't have uh holiday decorations up for more than 30 days before 30 days after the the uh event so today literally no it won't be today but very soon you'll start to see people that that in our uh neighborhood the the like the 30 days out from halloween they are they are starting they're starting to pull out all the stuff in fact as i drive by there's one house in the corner that in their front room because like here where i live anybody who lives in in the area like, like new mexico like here we don't have we don't have basements we don't have attics so people's stuff just kind of gets stored in their garages or whatever and there's a garage window and the dude's like 10 foot skeleton the head of the 10 foot skeleton is just sitting in the garage window <laughs> that's the way, yeah it's almost like a way to stick it to the HOA is like I'm still de decorated for Halloween even though I'm not so I don't re really remember great Halloween costumes at all uh if anybody's looking for something funny Go back and listen to Jerry Seinfeld's uh, bit on Halloween. His stuff is just so great there. That's when I think of Halloween, I just, it, you know, exactly. That, that's what it is. The idea, the best memories of Halloween for me would be like the getting home. If this shows you how psycho my, uh, you know, my, my personality type is getting home, dumping out all the candy and then sorting it all out. Right. You sort it out into the crap you don't want, the stuff you kind of want, but, you know, is good trade bait for other things to other people or your parents or whatever. And then like your candy that you're like, this is definitely mine. Um, but I also didn't eat a lot of candy as a kid. So I had Halloween candy the next year from the previous year that I was like throwing out anyway. So, but yeah, we didn't, we didn't really have any, any issues there. In fact, I didn't even think about Halloween being something that you shouldn't, you shouldn't or couldn't celebrate until a couple years into working at a church when we were doing other things or when you would hear about a trunk or treat or you would hear about other stuff like that. So, and that's really what we're talking about is on one side of this tension, 
um, you've got Christians specifically, uh, and I would say they would either be Christians or that like secular brand of like secular Christianity um, that that's kind of on that side as well. That conservatism that goes like we shouldn't give a, a foothold to the demonic. We shouldn't be celebrating Halloween. It's worldly. It's dangerous. It's not something we should do. Like Christians should not do that. We need to uh, pull ourselves away from that aspect of society. Then on the other side, you've got people just have no problem with separating the holiday from being from any of the extra stuff. You know, it's like, it's just, it's a holiday. It's no different than Valentine's day or St. Patrick's day or whatever else you want, or into, you know, Christmas, the 4th of July, whatever you can separate out and you can celebrate it. It's not going to be a, an issue. So, it, but if you're listening to the show, my guess is like, you get that the tension falls somewhere in between. Um, you may be somebody that's, that's gone through a situation where you grew up at a church where Halloween wasn't to be celebrated. And now you've got kids and you're kind of like wondering what you should do. Maybe you're on the other side where you grew up and you're like, yeah, Halloween. And then you started going to church and now you've got kids and now you're kind of like, what, what do we do about this? Cause I, I think this is mostly a conversation when it comes to kids and what you do as a parent. So if you're not a parent, maybe, you know, we're, we're going to touch on it, but still, cause I, I definitely think the way that we celebrate Halloween or the way it's talked about with like college kids and young adults uh, is different than families. So, uh, but I don't know anything else you want to say about that, Jonathan. I want to make sure I, I leave time for your rant since you're me now. I don't have a great rant yet. I was, I was waiting to try to find the setup for a rant and I don't have one yet, but I will say I was of the variety growing up that I think like my parents would spend no money on Halloween costumes the best I ever had was probably I had like a little league uniform from the previous summer and I would dress up as a baseball player for Halloween because yeah, that, that, that was us. Yep. That's happened. Yeah. I was a lot of like dress up in black with, uh, with, uh, uh, not scream mask, but the, like the, the hockey, the Jason, you know, fake hockey goalie mask with some, some fake knife or something like that. Like, what are you? I don't know. I put it together. Uh, because I don't have anything, you know, something oh. dead, something, whatever. Okay. So I don't have a rant, but I do have a story that I think is funny. It's probably my favorite yeah. Halloween memory. It was in college and I lived off campus at Liberty. Um, Halloween is either Halloween or how ha day before. I can't remember, but um, me and some friends were going to watch a movie at my house. And I lived okay. kind of on the edge of, the not so great part of Lynchburg at the time lived by myself. And okay. so it was going to be me, um, a few guys, a few girls watching a movie, literally no relationships, just friendship platonic. So don't even right. think about the other stuff. Anyways, the girls got there before the guys, something happened that the other guys that were showing up were going to run late and they weren't going to get there. So we went ahead and started the movie. So we're sitting there watching this scary movie on Halloween night, a block or two from the ghetto all the lights off in the house. I'm texting nice. the guys that are coming because I had an idea for a joke. I knew this was the time. Remember when the Jabberwockies first came out? Do you remember them? Yeah. White masks. They danced all that stuff. Yep. So yep. we had gotten some Jabberwocky masks for a football game that season. And I knew that these guys still had them. So I'm, I text them, Hey, I'm going to leave the back door of my house unlocked put the Jabberwockies mask on, put your hoods up and come terrify the girls. 
And yeah, that's great. Awesome. It, it, it's just one of those things that when you're 21 years old, it's the funniest thing in the world. I'm 37 exactly. now. Is it as funny now? Yeah, it still is. But so that was probably sure. my best Halloween memory of watching them freak out in the middle of some scary movie when these three guys ran in with white masks on and black hoodies. So that's my rant. Not as good as you, well, but I'm imitation you today. So, you know, if you have a Halloween story, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, cringy Christian Halloween story of how you had to, you know, do a, a Holy Ween or a, what did you call Hallelujah party or something? Holy like Ween that, is or, something or, that does like, that's one of those that you need to have the yeah. middle schoolers around to make sure yeah, that uh -huh. you catch that one. Because if you're get calling your Holy event, Ween, Holy ween going. you're going to get a little bit of Ween. In your, party. you know, even if you're having a platonic uh, Halloween party with with some friends, you're talking about Halloween no matter what. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, whatever your story is, we'd love to hear about it. You know, you can get us on social media or send us an email. But yeah, before we get in the nuts and bolts, though, I think you know w this whole season has been uh, interesting. The way that we're pointing out, like this tension is not new. This is not a new topic and not a new tension. And like Halloween as we know it today. Um, has really morphed and has its roots in a lot of different traditions. And so like, I think there are, the reason why it's important that we go through some of the history is because there are times where in these tension filled moments where we're talking about uh, things of faith or Christianity or what, what we should and shouldn't do. It's almost like the people who bring it up on either side are like, yeah, in the garden of Eden, this is one of the first things that, that God said to Adam and Eve, you know, He's like, be fruitful, multiply. Oh, by the way, don't dress up and go door to door and ask people for fruit or, you know, or candy or anything else like that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, also, uh, you know, like there aren't all these things that have happened since the dawn of time. Uh, this is something that has either progressed uh, or other things like that. And it's like, I think every generation needs to take a look at what it looks like in the current generational context. So. Halloween, the roots like really started from an ancient uh, Celtic festival. Uh, Samhain, I think is what it's called. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. That was when, you know, celebrating from October 31st to November 1st. It was really like this end of summer and harvest season, beginning of the dark, cold and winter. This time of year was often associated with human death. Uh, the Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the bounty, or I'm sorry, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead was like really blurred. And the ghosts of the dead return to earth. And I mean, so if you think about it, a lot of these like medieval, well, not even medieval, but in these European areas, right? Uh, or New England, if you're from like New England or or even the Midwest, when it's Halloween time, the fall, the fall gets spooky naturally. It just it gets dark earlier. It's the cold in the air, the mist, the things are happening, stuff is dying, you know, the weather is turning. And so I would bet that you would see these ancient cultures are trying to assign some sort of extraordinary or supernatural connection to it. So, of course, it just happens to happen around this time of the year. Then when the Romans came through and they conquered through the Celtic territories, they began to combine their own festivals with their local ones. As you do, conquerors come in and they start combining things, you know, especially here in the southwest. You know, like when the ethnic cleansing of the uh, Native Americans were happening, you know, whatever the European group that came in would like, go, oh, yeah, your festival here. Guess what? It's really this Christian festival. Oh, yeah, this thing. No, no, it's really this thing. You know, so it's very typical of the conquerors come in and assign their stuff. So uh, Feralia, I think is what it's called. So it was a day late in October when the Romans would 
traditionally uh, like commemorate the passing of the dead. Um, and it was, you know, a day to honor the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. They were incorporating that into that Celtic festival. Then all of a sudden in the eighth century, this is when the Christians show up. All Hallows Eve. Pope Gregory III designated November 1st as a day to honor the saints. All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain and the evening before was known as All Hallows Eve and later Halloween. So was that kind of like, you know, the eighth century purge? I don't know. Maybe it could be. I'm, you know, my, my head canon says it was. But again, Christians are taking what's already happening and now inserting something else uh, to try and create this. Then the Reformation, uh, the Protestant Reformation, Protestants would distance themselves when any, with any sort of like Catholic traditions and holidays. So obviously with All, with, uh, all Saints Day and All Hell's Eve being more um, Catholic, Protestants are like, we're not going to have anything to do with it. So I would say like, in my opinion, this is where the tension started. Uh, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just guessing if you were to go back and like Catholics like, hey, you OK celebrating All Hallows Eve and uh, All Saints Day? Everyone say aye. They're like, yeah, great. No problem. And then all of a sudden Protestants show up, did a lot of good things to distance themselves from the Catholics. But in one way, they're like, oh, we got to hate on Catholic stuff. So we're uh, none of this. We're not going to do it anymore. So that, I think, is where the tension started. I think if you would go back to the eighth century, you, the, the Christians and Catholics at the time, they'd be like, yeah, wh whatever. Not a big deal. Now it's a big deal because someone said, I don't like that group of people and what they believe. So in so, Scotland hey, Island during this time. You're, you're telling me yeah. that the issue between something and Christianity has roots and stems from one group of people having a disagreement with the other and not liking them. Oh, yeah. It's almost like, uh, you know, we have different virtues that we have to signal that virtue ass assigned against or for. Uh, either our own peace or against another. And we base like, someone's holiness and following followership of Jesus based on if they agree with our personal conviction of what we do and do not like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting how that happens. Goes I've never, heard of that, never heard of that happening before. <laughs> not once. That, it, and that's like, that feels like that's kind of the, that's the thesis or part or one of the running themes of the of the season too is understanding that, you know, you can even go back to Paul's writings where he's like, some follow Paul, some follow Apollos. And Paul's like, I don't give a crap. Like, stop it. Like what, if you're a follower of Paul, if you're a follower of Apollos, don't, don't argue there. You had like the Judaizers, you have the, you know, there's all there, there are these groups that Paul specifically, or the, you know, the writer that we attribute to Paul in whatever case it may be is specifically writing these local churches. Like, this crap you've got going on between you guys with your different little alternative takes on the essential elements, it, it's, not, it's not worth it, right? So anyway, uh, moving on. During this time of the Reformation, Scotland, Ireland, Halloween maintained the status uh, as a secular celebration of the harvest and the changing of seasons. Um, so imagine that too. You've got this group coming in that's like, hey, uh, Christianity is the thing. By the way... Uh, hey, uh, excuse me, locals, locals, um, I know you've been doing something for, eh, you know, the entire existence of your people here. That's no longer right. Jesus is the answer. Here's what we're going to do. And it's like, uh, can we still celebrate the changing of the season? Because, like, seasons still change. And I think, like, God created the season. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to do our celebration for this. Oh, no, no, not that way. Not that way. No, come on, back up. Not that way. It's like. 
Okay. So I think they're, they're still trying to do their typical celebrations, you know, and we'll get into it later too, but like here in the Southwest where it's like majority, uh, you know, a, a large Hispanic population, you know, you got Dia de los Muertos and you've got the, these different pieces of like All Saints Day is still a very important thing, you know? And so it's like, but you have somebody that's like, yes, celebrate. I'm glad that you're Christian, but don't celebrate that way. You know, those sorts of things. It all comes back to this idea that it seems like over and over, and it's weird being on this side of the conversation where I'm not driving it and you're driving it. So I get to think in a different way than I do on a normal episode. But like, I'm, it's just seeing the connection between how much or how easy it is for people who are following Jesus to put all these extra rules in place that were never there. And I mean, going back to our old format, like there were good intentions behind some of these things probably, but just hearing this history of it, like we are so tempted to put false rules around our religious beliefs in order to help us follow Jesus better. And I'm sure this happens in other religions as well, but I mean, you happy to go back to the, to the biblical times. If you look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and how they treated the law and the roadblocks they put up instead of guardrails and all that. But I mean, just going through the history that you just laid out, I hear, Oh, Hey, don't do it that way. Uh, can't do it that way. That, that's not right. That's not the right way. And we, we try to gatekeep this right way of following Jesus as if there's one certain way that if you follow these steps, this is how you get to heaven better and your mansion is bigger once you get there, as opposed to like, Jesus just said, follow me. Right. Yeah, it's very, uh, I still think it's like, you know, going back, it's, it's a colonial mindset. You know, you're coming in and you're like, I know you've been doing this or you've got these traditions or anything else like that. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do it this way. And there, it feels very much like insecure, you know, we want you because, Hey, if you, if you keep holding on to these traditions, then uh, you're, you might think something's better than Jesus or you might, you know, whatever. And I'm sure part of the excuse is like, well, we don't want, you know, we care about their you know, we care about their faith and we care about their eternal resting place and all that kind of other crap. But at the same time, it's like, it's also very, uh, it, you know, it's very behavior control because you're insecure with can Jesus, can the message of Jesus just stand on its own? You know? So, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that brings us to today or modern times, you know, we've got Christians that are like, I don't think that we should celebrate because of pagan origins and because there's all these evil and occult pieces, stuff like that. Like, uh, like I even think about the, uh, the, the music video for Michael Jackson's thriller. Everybody. I mean, I feel like everybody our age has seen that, or at least whatever. If you've seen the full, like 14 minute or however long, seven minute long, uh, feature trailer thing, whatever, you know, video music video, there's actually a disclaimer in the beginning where Michael Jackson felt like he had to say that like, he does not support the occult. Right. So like even something like that, because he grew up, I think either Jehovah's witness or, uh, you know, one of those like Christian fringe groups, um, you know, there's this, like, I have to separate myself out from evil and the occult. Then others, they just see it as like, Hey, this is a cultural event uh, or even an opportunity to reach the community and reach the lost. 
quote unquote, the lost, which is we've talked about that in a previous episode. Um, so that's the tension we're really talking about because Halloween's history, uh, like many of the, the holidays we would say is okay and we would celebrate, it's complex. It's a blend of pagan, Roman, Christian, other types well, so of modern. Uh, right. Well, I mean, we haven't even talked about some of those things, but yeah, Christmas. But you will see, here's the, here's the argument with, I can't get to most Christians by saying, hey, I think that we should be okay celebrating Halloween uh, because Christmas and Easter both have their origins in pagan, you know, Roman, whatever. But you'll get people that are like, yeah, I don't think we should celebrate Christmas and Easter either. It's like, oh, shoot. My father-in-law's like that. Okay. Yeah, you're like you're crazy. Okay, like I heard Hank Green the other day. He talked about, he said, like people with climate change, which we did an episode on climate change last season. Go check that out. Or two seasons ago. I don't even remember. And he's like, at this point, if someone, can you actually deny that the earth is getting hotter? And he said, if you were to say, hey, who believes that climate change is actually happening? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hand up if you think the earth is flat. You know, like those people are like, you know, or like, Hey, climate change is not real. Raise your hand. Okay. Also raise your hand. If you think the earth is flat, like those two groups are very similar. So in the same way, it's like, raise your hand. If you don't think we should be celebrating Halloween as Christians. Okay. Keep your hand up. If you don't think we should be celebrating Easter and Christmas, you know, in the secular traditions too, that there, those groups would be in a, you know, there would be a circle of that group. Yeah. I think I'm not sure where you're going because I, I pulled a full Eric and didn't read the notes completely today, but <laughs> <laughs> you so you, you may be planning to get to this later but in my opinion it's, it's like so much of this goes back to for me the idea presented in genesis with the story of joseph where it says what you intended for bad i intended for good for the saving of many souls or whatever the that's a bad paraphrase but i'm of the belief that God can redeem anything. And the whole earth is groaning for restoration to be restored back to God. So, so many of these things, while they, the history of them missed the mark, I'm of the belief that like, yeah, okay. They had some less than awesome, some sketchy, some wrong origins. Why can't we redeem that? Yes. Okay. It, it may have, have been for the, <laughs> I don't know why this popped in my head, but I've heard people speak against Christians doing yoga because yep. similar backgrounds to this. And I'm like, it's oh, yeah. breathing and stretching guys. Like, yep. I think God can redeem that. And mm -hmm. to spoil the rest of the episode, possibly like that's kind of my opinion when it comes to so much of the stuff that you're talking about, I'm just listening to it. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the origin. Yeah. That that's where it came from. All right. All right. All right whatever. Like, but if I believe that the purpose of Jesus was to restore everything back to God himself and the way things were, that's what he came to do. Then. And if I believe that our job as Christians while here on earth is to join Jesus in that restoration while we can, then why can't I redeem and restore something that had origins that were not of Jesus or of God that we sell, that we worship and celebrate? Why can't we redeem that? And I have never gotten a good answer for that. And at some point it's like, uh, forget the, okay, I'm with you on the redemption side. Let's throw that out the window. Um, 
how about why can't we live in a world that's that's broken and not perfect and still be able to navigate it? Why can't we uh, why can't we see things clearly and go like, hey, it, you're going to get all work like I'll look at that, the, the type of person in my neighborhood. If there was someone that is just totally anti Halloween on the Christian side. Uh, yeah, but like, what do you believe what the Bible or especially the Old Testament says about interest rates on loans? What do you think about helping the poor? You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of different like secular things that we're going, well, you just have to have debt in order to do this. Or you have, I mean, interest is the way that society works. And as Christians, we have to live within society. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Every single kid, it wants to celebrate Halloween, right? Like, can you make that, this is part of society. So much of this season has been about intellectual consistency and making mm -hmm. sure that what we do is all about being consistent intellectually. But so at the same time, you're talking about we want to participate in Halloween and all the kids want to participate in Halloween and with or without the restoration redemption side, I would say as Christians, should we be partaking in the part of Halloween that celebrates the occult? Absolutely not. Like we can talk about witches and those things. I mean, some of that is if you get into the, the, the fantasy side of TV shows, it's not the same, but there are some people who legit take that too far. And as Christians, that's, that's probably passing the line for what we should be doing. But yeah. when my daughter wants to dress up as Mal off of the descendants, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like it's a Disney character. When yep. my son wants to dress up as a police officer or one of the other things that he want, has wanted to do over the past few years, like it's dress up playtime that gets candy. That's what they're thinking about. They're not thinking about any of the other stuff. Exactly. So let's, let's talk about why Christians don't want us to celebrate Halloween. So that, that's the first one. We kind of, we, we went past it a little bit here. Uh, so here's some of the reasons now I'm going to go, go through. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go through the list of reasons why, and then you could talk through uh, some of your experiences. Cause I know you kind of came a little bit more from this, okay, uh, go for it. this background. So number one reason why Christians don't want us to celebrate or why Christians think we shouldn't celebrate Halloween uh, is the devil or demons. But I mean, like just kidding, but like, but for real, you know, it's like, why don't, oh, because of the devil. Don't want to give a foothold to the devil, blah, 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 blah. So there's the devil, there's demons. There, then I, there's hang, the hang, hang, hang. I don't want to gloss past that because I think there's a legit thing there that we either undervalue or overvalue depending on the side of Christianity you come from. If you're yeah. more on a Pentecostal or um, charismatic side, you are very aware of um, demonic ideas. If you're more of a Baptist mm -hmm. or more of a uh, cessationist mindset, you don't really think about it that much, but there is something to the idea of you don't want to bring that stuff into where you are too much because you, I mean, we overplay the foothold idea and you make the joke because of how terribly people apply that scripture context to life. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to give the devil a foothold. So 
I'm not even going to say that my back hurts today because I don't want the devil to have a foothold there. Okay, that's stupid. But when we start doing things Mm -hmm. that actually can lean that direction and invite the demonic or the, the, whatever you're going to call it, depending on where you are in Christianity, when we invite that in, that is never good. So there is a tension there of like, we don't want to be going that, that direction. That's where I brought up the witchcraft. That's where I brought up the occult. Like there's a line there. I don't know what that line is and I'm not going to say it for everyone, but I can tell you, my kids aren't going to be dressing up as witches. Like we're not going to be doing like the spooky spells and those things. That's just not, not something that we are going to do based off of spiritual interactions that my wife and I have both had in our past. Yeah. And so like, you're probably not watching Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is fine because we know it's fake. And so like there's that, that's where the line is for like, like Hocus Pocus. I'm not interested in it, so I'm not going to watch it, but like, I'm okay with Hocus Pocus because I know it's a fake entertainment value. Um, We tell our kids, Hey, remember this is fake. This isn't real. So we kind of, anytime that type of stuff on TV shows, um, Nicole just finished watching Sabrina, the teenage witch again. Like she went back and watched that. Um, That's obviously fake entertainment, but in our culture today with Halloween, the realism is there and people want to make, be more realistic as opposed to like, this is a campy TV show or a movie or something like that. And so that's where as a family, we're going to draw the line of like, we're not going realistic into this stuff, but like the campiness, the, the, the TV, the entertainment, sure. Whatever. So that, that was one of the other ones on the list is the association with witchcraft. So not only is it like devils, demons, whatever, but also there's this sense of association with witchcraft. I think it's only gotten worse since like uh, the idea of being a, a, a Wiccan or a witch or anything else like that has become more popularized um, because, you know, it's more accessible on social media and people talk about it, other things like that. So I was followed yeah. on TikTok by some people who claim to be Christian witches. And I don't know yeah. how that's physically possible. Like that's just the biggest oxymoron I've ever heard of in my life, but somehow they think it's possible. And I it's, it's not. So that, that is a justification for, we're not going to celebrate Halloween. Um, the other side, we've already talked about the, I'm not the other side, but another one is we've already talked about is the pagan origins is, you know, you're celebrating an event that, uh, that has its roots or, you know, even if you don't mean to celebrate it this way, uh, the the intention behind it, you know, the the Trojan horse, if you will, of it is that it's it's actually a, a pagan holiday, and you might be celebrating, you know, pagan gods and rituals. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it, Eric. Oh, I got one. I'm gonna go on a small okay. Eric inspired rant here. I'm ready? Um, it's the same idea as people who cannot or are unwilling to acknowledge um, diversity, equity, or inclusion ideas because Ah. DEI comes from CRT, which comes from Marxism, Mm. and Marxism is 100% opposed to the gospel. So because one secular thing pulled this idea out, we cannot say, hey, you know what? Paganism, that's wrong. But this celebration right. thing they had, that sounds kind of fun to go look at the pumpkins yep. 
and give away candy and go to each other's houses. Let's pull that out and have different reasons we do that because that sounds fun. Just like, hey, I think we should focus as a business on making sure that we're a diverse workforce, that everyone has equal opportunities and that we include people of all backgrounds. Sounds like that's right. a good idea, but hey, that's CRT Marxism, you liberal. You can't do that. Right. Like that's mm -hmm. the, it's the same concept of can we pull out good things from bad, um, bad structures. And just like we talked about, was it two weeks ago? We did the, um, good fruit from bad apples type of thing. Like, can we pull good doctrine out of people who made, who did terrible things? Can we have yeah. good worship songs from churches that teach bad things or have been involved in scandals? Like overall, I'm going to say, yes, we can pull good things out of those things as long as we're willing to work in that redemption process to redeem them for what is good. I'm and sorry. I even think like, can we pull good things without, without uh, the logical fallacy of jumping to conclusions, you know, and, and saying uh, diversity, you know, DEI or, or whatever you want to say, uh, can you just let that exist on its own? Or is it your bias that's carrying it into CRT and whatever else, you know, uh, we, I don't know that we've done it this this season, and we probably haven't. But here, here's a a brief uh, purity culture aside, right? It's like, can you separate out what a woman is wearing from what you are thinking about that woman, from what you know her sin or not sin is involved in that process? It, it's a, it's a very similar thing where it's like, oh well, I don't think women should be able to wear that. Why? Oh, because, you know, it's going to cause a man to stumble. It's like, can you separate out your responsibility in that equation from what a woman chooses to wear? Can those two things exist separately? Or are you so insecure? Are you so scared about it that you have to connect the two and now you can't take responsibility for yourself? You have to apply it to others. Same thing with Halloween. Like you said, it is a, it is a dress up candy event. Dress up candy event on a night that that is, is going to be dark and, you know, we're getting ready to go into a depressing season. It's like, can you separate your kids dressing up and going door to door to get candy from the, uh, the Celtic celebration of Sam Hain at the beginning of the millennium? You know, like, I, I think, I think we can make that separation. And if you can't, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, okay. So, these, these are very similar together. So we've got the devil. We've got the association with witchcraft. We've got the pagan origins. Um, in general, just darkness and evil. You know, I do know that there is a bit of like whether you're talking about a foothold to the devil, but there are plenty of Christians that, um, and, and I don't understand this because this is just not me, my background or my personality of like, I'm not, a, I'm not more attuned to the spiritual warfare going on in the 5G network on our flat earth or what, you know, whatever happens to be here. Like, I just, I don't have that kind of radar. So I'm not sitting here thinking like, oh, if, you know, darkness and evil is, if you, if you put your mind on it, then that's where you're going to go. Like, yeah. Do I understand that what, what mentality is supposed to be in the power of your thoughts and everything like that and taking every thought captive? Yes. But there are definitely people that are like, I have to stay away from too many evil things because it's going to consume my life. And so when you think about Halloween, it's hard to separate from the darkness association, the evil association, and somehow 
that's going to take hold of you. So anything on that? Well, I mean, I, I hit on I it. I got earlier. four more, so we got to go. <laughs> I hit on it earlier. So, I mean, I, I come from a different angle of you a little bit there, but I just like, I can eat starbursts while walking with my kids through the neighborhood and not think about the evil. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay making that line of like, I'm not going to go that route and separating the fun dress up candy from the evil part. Yeah. Seeing, seeing a, uh, a five-year-old uh, in a, in a Ted Lasso costume is not going to make me, <laughs> you know, like I'm not gonna, okay, I'm not going to be weirded out by that. I, I hope so too. I mean, think about how, how magical that would be with the, with the mustache. Oh, God, that'd be so cool. uh, by the way, my favorite meme leading up to Halloween so far has been um, the picture of Ryan Gosling from the Barbie movie where he's like dressed as Ken with like no shirt, and like the feather or the, the furry, you know, he's got like his fabulous outfit on and, and it just says the worst guy, you know, is going to dress like this for Halloween. It's like, <laughs> I thought, yep. A hundred percent. Someone's going to dress like, like douchebag Ken. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like, even if, even if you have somebody that's dressed up like a little monster or something like that, it's not, and, and I know you're drawing the line with witches with your kids, but like, if I see a seven-year-old girl walk by in a witch costume, I'm not all of a sudden going to be clutching my pearls and worried about whether or not I'm going to get consumed with darkness. again. And here's the thing, Eric, I'm okay. If you do that in your family, right? Just like I, you respect that we have different lines in my family and yep we can both follow Jesus together while having differences of opinion on what our kids are going to dress up like. Yep. Yeah. And, but like I said, even if I don't let my kids dress up like that, if I see someone else dressed up like that, I'm, I'm secure enough to, to be able to like separate out and go, okay, great. Like I know she's not going to try and uh, cast a spell on me as a seven. Then the last two, cause we're, you know, we're, we're just, circling on these uh you're concerned about sending some mixed messages you know the idea of like somebody think of the children we spend so much time talking about um all of the things that they shouldn't shouldn't do then on halloween all of a sudden it's like all things go which is why i made kind of the purge joke it's like any, everything's okay on halloween and then finally personal convictions which is why i wanted to end on that one i believe if you have a personal conviction over any of the things on this list or there is a personal conviction for Halloween, or you just don't want to celebrate it. You don't have to. That's okay. As we've talked about many, many times, there is a difference between going, I have a personal conviction that Halloween is not healthy for me personally versus I have a personal conviction that Halloween is not healthy for me personally. Therefore, you I need do to it make either. it. Yeah, I need to make sure that nobody else, you know, should celebrate this as well. because. Um, how dare I, you know, or how dare I allow someone else to be able to participate in something I can't or vice versa. So those are some of the reasons why Christians don't want us to celebrate Halloween. Let's go to the other side. Cause I think you and I have both, uh, either worked for served or whatever in churches where, um, Halloween was kind of on the, on the other side. Why, uh, you know, what, what are some of the factors that help churches separate church and Halloween hate? Number one, uh, there's this sense of community engagement. You know, I think when you're talking about a quote unquote seeker sensitive church or, you know, anyone that's trying to reach the community, which is a pretty big buzzword in churches, usually uh, 
you know that like one of the biggest cultural holidays is Halloween. The community engagement piece, I think, is a really interesting one because people are going to do, they're going to, most people are going to celebrate the holiday regardless. So as a church, you can decide, right. hey, do, do I want to be, do we want to be a church that ha brings people in and gives them a safe place to do this? Or do we just not care? And there's a justification on both sides. Right. Like if my church didn't do a trunk or treat, I'd be totally fine with it. But some people love a trunk or treat, especially those with young kids who aren't yet ready to walk around a neighborhood. And, or yeah, or if you live in a neighborhood uh, that you wouldn't want to walk around, there's that too. Yeah. So churches provide a, like I know churches in bad areas. It's like they provide the place where you can take your kids yep. to go and be in a spot where you don't feel comfortable. So my church you know, where is, you on, don't have to be in is on the border of a neighborhood like that. And like we do a lot of stuff reaching out to that neighborhood. And so a couple times a year, we provide events like that so that families can come and do something simple and innocent and fun in a safe place. And then don't have to worry about anything bad happening. So if that's, if that's your church, like by all means go for it. But if a church doesn't want to do a Halloween event simply because like, they don't want to deal with it. I'm good with that too. If you don't want to do one because you think it, Halloween is wrong, like I disagree with you that it's wrong, but I totally get not wanting to have an extra event. So it's really like you do you boo boo. Like just don't be obnoxiously stupid about it and don't be judgmental with it. Yeah. Similar to like, uh, um, uh, you know, when I was living in the Midwest, is that way too, or you had a lot of farm communities where it's like, we can't go trick or treating because our neighbor is you know a half mile away so there's no trick-or-treating so the church sets up something where you can all get together on a holiday and you know it's a community event great if your church doesn't want to do it like you said also great there, there's plenty of opportunities that's the same thing with churches where they're like the week between christmas and easter or christmas and uh, new year's we we need to do something and other churches are like you know what we're just gonna not even hold service because we want to make sure that our volunteers and our families can, can be helped great that's fine. All right. So community engagement, cultural participation. Um, I think the cultural participation part is key too, because it's like, remember you go into an area and uh, they have a specific focus or need or history because of their culture. And then you're like, no, we're not going to do that. It's like, no, if you're going to participate in the culture and you want people to relate to Jesus, then some level of like cultural participation is important on that. Uh, and then finally, this is really where I'm like, this is why we have, why we could celebrate because there's freedom in Christ. Because like, I'm not, uh, because I have Christ in me, I am not sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, if I participate, you know, it's like, if you step on a crack, you're going to break your mother's back. If you go out and trick or treat door to door, Jesus is going to think you're a whore. You know, like the, that's just, it's not. Those are superstitions and I, I don't need to be held back by superstitions that do not matter to me. Can I be a child? Jonathan, to you. Can I be a child? Yes. Saying Christ in you immediately after saying Holy Ween. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. For those of you not watching on YouTube, I like had to put my shirt above my mouth because yeah. I was trying not uh -huh. to laugh and distract Eric from what he was talking about. But the second he said, Christ, Christ is Christ in, in me. You. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. 
I mean, yeah, for those of you that are old enough uh, and sinful enough to remember uh, South Park's Christian rock band episode, you know, that just plays in my head all the time. Need you in my life, Jesus. I can't live without you, Jesus. I want to get down on my knees and start pleasing Jesus. want to feel his salvation all over my face. Eric Cartman. Yeah, it's great. Anyway. Uh, okay. So speaking of why, why we're okay to celebrate Halloween. Freedom in Christ. Any, anything else on, on the why side? No, but I mean, I think in the notes, you've got the, what do we do coming next? And we're, we were going long, but. I think the freedom in Christ aspect of it, I think we've hit on this throughout the entire episode. It's like, you have to determine what your line is. I don't yep. think there is a biblical line of, can we or should we celebrate Halloween as Christians? I think we have freedom in Christ to, to celebrate if we want, but you also have your personal convictions to not celebrate it if that's you. But you cannot and you have no place projecting those personal convictions onto everyone else because there is nothing that says that just like all the other things we've talked about this season where you may have your personal conviction on this political thing or how you think mm -hmm. taxes should be used here or how you think the government should operate here or what we should do with these teachings from these teachers who have had scandals or any of those things you can have your your personal convictions, but at no point should you be projecting those on me and requiring me to hold to the same extra biblical standards that you have when the Bible doesn't right. actually say that while at the yep. same time, I should be respectful of, enough of you to respect your convictions and treat that with the same love and honor and empathy as I would expect you to treat my convictions. So mm -hmm. what do we do? Whatever you want that's in line with what the gospel says and is motivated by love and backed up by scripture. At the end of the day, when it comes to Halloween, I, I can't say much more than that. I can tell you what I would do. I could tell you what I wouldn't do, but you're seeing even in this episode, Eric and I have different convictions. I'm sure you yeah. and I, you being the listener, have different convictions. And I'm going to respect your convictions. I'm going to tell you why I have mine. And you may or may not disagree with them. But as long as it's not one of the essentials of the gospel or essentials of our salvation, I, I'm i good with us disagreeing on how we go about it. And you know what? Come November 1st, we can hang out again. Yep. And I'll even say, I'll go a step further. Um, you and I have different convictions there and we can respect it. I have a different conviction from what I actually do, you know, like celebrate Halloween. Great. Go for it. Um, I think you have freedom in Christ to also turn off your porch lights, turn off all the lights in your house, uh, go into your basement, go into an inner room or an upper room and watch TV and not have to pass out candy because that's the other thing is like, I also at my contrarian nature is like, screw this cultural event, not because I'm Christian, but because I just don't want to be going to the door, listening to my dog bark, handing out candy. I don't want to walk around with my kids collecting candy, having to talk to neighbors that I only talk to once a year. That's fine too. I'm okay if you do that. In fact, for the most part, we put a bowl out on the, uh, 
on the front porch. We say, take one. I put a little funny, uh, my, uh, um, what is it? Roz from, from Monsters Inc. on my ring camera. And I say, I'm watching you, always watching you. And then little eyeball is Roz's eye. And, uh, and we either hang out inside, we go over to somebody else's house, or we might go trick or treating somewhere. So it's like, it's not a big enough deal. This is what I want to say. And this may be the bumper for the whole episode, may or may not be. If you are thinking, Halloween is coming. I need to start my manifesto on Facebook or in my Facebook mom and Christian moms group telling all the people why they shouldn't celebrate Halloween. I'm telling you right now, save it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your personal conviction about Halloween. Keep it to yourself. It's like a belly button. It's like a butthole. Everyone has them. And if you put them in the wrong spot, they stink and it's going to be embarrassing for you and everyone else. Holy Wayne. Yeah, keep your holy ween yourself. I'm sure your holy ween is touching. It's probably like really impactful. Your your holy ween is probably like a real big deal in the neighborhood. I, I would say you probably talk about it like it's a little bit bigger than it actually is when people see it in person. Um, you know, it, it's probably unimpressive, if I'm to be honest. You think your holy ween at your church is is like important. Unfortunately, when push comes to shove and it's actually revealed, ah, uh, eh, mm, you know, it may be less than advertised. Um, nobody else thinks your holy ween is as important as you do. Let's just put it that way. And after it's all said and done, you're just left with a big mess anyway. Well, that's it for this season of the Tension Podcast. We're going to be back in January with season nine. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> maybe there might be a bonus episode somewhere between uh, here and then. So make sure you subscribe to the show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe on YouTube. So you can get that bonus. If it comes out, uh, if you want to connect with us on social, Eric is at Eric W seven, one, two, and all the major platforms. I'm John at Jonathan underscore Corone on them as well. Or you can email us at hello at tension podcast.com. Uh, if you found this episode interesting, hopefully you did. Uh, share it with a friend if you think that they would benefit from it or if they would enjoy it too. But like always, thank you so much for making us a part of your day over the last eight weeks. Uh, thank you for making this show so much fun for us to do. And we will talk to you again in January. Have a great holiday season, everybody.